What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and here with me on the other end of the line, as usual, is my co-host, Curtis. And today, we finally, finally, it's been long awaited. What, a couple weeks now, Kurt, right? I mean, two weeks or so? Something like that? I mean, I guess we had the, the one-point road win against LSU, but outside of that, it's been slim pickets. We've lost five out of our last six, but we uh, turned the tables at least for one night. Uh, Tuesday night against Florida, against our hated rival, the Florida Gators, obviously. So, big win. Uh, I don't know if it means all that much yet, okay? It's a start. It's a start, right? Does it mean all that much to you right now, Kurt? Uh, no, because, I mean... It, it could, right? It could mean something. We just don't yeah, know it yet. it could mean something. I'm not getting my hopes up with this team. Yeah, I mean, we don't know yet, but I'll, I kind of tweeted this out last night. It's a start. It's it, That's all it is. It's a start to kind of get us back at least somewhat in the tournament conversation. And I believe if I saw correctly, that moved us up into the to the uh, last, first four out conversation or next four out. One of the two, the first four, next four out with Joe Lenardi's bracketology. So, again, not in the tournament, but some more in the conversation than we were coming into Tuesday night. Still a lot of basketball to be played, but it's a start, and for now, I'll take it. For now. All right, obviously a lot more to go, but we'll take what we can get at this point. So we'll be recapping the Florida game here momentarily, but real quick, just want to remind you guys about a couple quick things. You can follow us on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. Uh, having a lot of good times uh, kind of interacting with you guys about the basketball program, which is cool. Obviously, we always, we're always talking football, but it's cool to see uh, some interest in the basketball program and really just some frustration more than anything with how the basketball program is playing this time around. Uh, but uh, just went last night, so it was, it was good to see a few positive things said. So if you're not following us on Twitter, definitely do so. Do not be shy. You guys can definitely interact with us there. You can also find us on a bunch of different podcasting platforms. Uh, DogSportsRadio.com is where we got started a couple years back. You can download the DogSports Radio app straight to your smartphones. One of the easier ways to get to the show. You can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud if that works for you a little bit better. Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. Uh, but what it, wherever it is that you choose to listen to us, we do appreciate that first and foremost. And thank you for all of you who have already rated and reviewed the show. But if you get a chance, it would be awesome. Whatever platform you do listen to us on, if they have the rate review option and the subscribe option, the share option, whatever it is, we would appreciate any and all help there. It really does kind of help us out spreading the word. Just uh, you guys giving us uh, just some feedback on what you think about the show. So if you get a chance, that would be awesome. All right, Kurt. Let's let's talk about this game, man. It, it's it's nice. It's it's a refreshing episode of the show because I, you know, over the past couple weeks, it's kind of I've I've felt like it's kind of been just a rehash. Every show's a rehash of oh, we were close but not good enough. Uh, but it was a little bit of a different story. We were close, and then at least for one night, we were good enough against the rival Florida Gators. So uh, I just want to recap real quick here uh, for some of you who might not have been able to catch the game, and for those who did. Uh, just kind of recap some of the key points of the game. You know, to set this all up, we were down in the first half uh, with about five minutes ago. But it was a tight game, right? Uh, yeah. 22, 20, I think with about, with about five minutes ago, we were down 22-26. Then we went on an 11-0 run late in the first half to take a 33-26 lead with about, two, I think it was two minutes, 43 seconds left. Uh, then we hit two three-point plays. One was uh, a traditional three-point play, an and one. Then we hit a, three, uh, a three-point bucket. I think it was Jawan Parker with under two uh, left in the first half to pull it to 37-32 at the half. And then, well, we it, it was scary there for a second because the Gators start the second half on a 12-2 run over a three-minute span to start that half to take a 42-39 lead with 17-08 late. And Curtis, at that point, what was going through your head? 
I think it was obvious, um, no brainer that you had to go with the uh, "it's happening" again. Yep, it's happening. I, I think like all of us out there listening to the show, I, I think we were all kind of on the same page when you know we have a nice five point lead at halftime, and then boom, three minutes, not even three, not even three minutes in the second half, they've gone on a twelve two run, forty two thirty nine deficit for us. And I think we probably all were thinking, oh, God, here we go again. I know, Kurt, you and I were saying the same thing. We're like, okay, here it is. Here it goes again. But to our guys' credit and to our coach credit, we've been harder on the coaching staff here the past couple weeks. I think deservedly so or what, based on what we've seen. But to everyone's credit involved with the program, the guys hunkered down, and they didn't let it happen last night. All right, It looked like it was going that direction. But they kept fighting, and they found a way to pull it out. Showed a lot of perseverance. Uh, one thing that I did tweet out, and for those of you who might not have a chance to see the tweet, uh, just I'll say it again here. Say what you want about Mark Fox teams. And Curtis and I both have been, uh, we've had our, uh, uh, clearly we voiced our share of frustrations with Mark Fox this uh, this season and going back to last season. Uh, for a while, I was a big Mark Fox defender for the first six, seven years. Um, and I still think he does a lot of things really well, but I, I definitely, the past year or so, I'm starting to have some um, sincere, very sincere doubts and questions about his ability to be the guy that leads us uh, into the leads us to that next step of the program. But I will say this, and Kurt, tell me if you disagree, but I think our guys play hard every single night. Are you with me on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't ever think it's an effort problem. If you watch us, I mean, it's not like our guys aren't trying. They're literally just getting... I, most of the time, I feel like they're getting out coached. I, I think that's the this year, especially. I think that's definitely been the case at points. I also think they're just getting outmanned because let's yeah, be real. The other teams just have so much more talent. Yeah, I mean we have we have a one really good player, maybe the best player in the league, maybe maybe not, maybe not as an NBA prospect, but as a college player, maybe the best player in the league in Yonsei Mate. But outside of that, which has clearly been one of the major deficiencies on this team, is we just don't have any like true high level players, at least not at this point in their careers. Maybe they can they can. Uh, evolved into that. I'm really. You and I were talking about Nicholas Claxton last night. How high we are on him and, and his future. So maybe that's a guy down the road. Uh, maybe Crump figures it out. I, I, I don't know. But we got some. But we just don't have any high level players outside of him. So we kind of been outmanned. But we always play hard, and, and especially in a team where you've lost five of six, like we have, and not just lost five of six, but lost them in the way that we have when you have leads in almost every one of the I mean what game have we lost of those five games sure that we didn't have a lead at a pretty sizable lead at some point in those games I don't think there's been one I mean I, that's you know I talked about that last night I mean um since this you know this little stretch this stretch has started I mean it's not like we have that we're just getting blown out no we no we're always in it leads. yeah and that goes back to what we've been saying the past couple weeks <laughs> close but not close enough good but not good enough uh, like you know, go back to the I think Missouri. The Missouri game is what started it all. Um, where this this five of six streak here, losing five of six, I believe it was the Missouri game that starts this all. Yeah, it was. Or was it South Carolina? I think Missouri was before that. But regardless, one of those two. But Missouri, you know, we didn't play well in the first half on the road of Missouri, but we still had a lead, and then we just played like we just played like trash in the second half. Uh, then you South Carolina. I don't know if we. I guess I mean we had a, we did have a lead early for a few moments there, but South Carolina they were pretty much. Controlling that game, most I mean, we were we were right there, but we just could never quite get over the hump. Uh, we we eke out the close win at LSU, Auburn. We clearly obviously had a fourteen point lead, and just again, I, I don't even know what happened in the second half. Two different teams there. Kansas State, we had a five point lead late, blew that game. Arkansas, we had a late lead, blew that game. Um, so you, you've seen this where we, we we've not just lost these games, but we're blowing leads, and that has to drain your confidence. Even Mark Fox before the game, uh, I think it was on Monday, might have mentioned this. 
but he he admitted, yeah, our, our, the confidence of this team has been has been damaged. There's no doubt about it. But yet they still came out and played their hearts out. All right, it wasn't always pretty. It really, I mean, it's never always pretty with our team. But those guys play our night in night out, and I think that has to say something about Coach Fox, does it not? Um, yeah, I think it does. I mean, I mean, these guys hard, play hard for him. Yeah, I mean, it's not that they've given up on him. I think. Um, I don't think that's ever been the problem with his teams. I think, like we said, it just more or less came down to coaching and talent. Yeah, and scheme. I agree. I agree. And so it's, but I, I guess if you look at uh, any team, what, what what makes you a successful basketball team? Obviously, you have to have good offense, good defense, uh, and I think you, you obviously got to play hard. You, you got to want it. And I think we have two of those three elements. I we obviously play really good defense the vast majority of the time. And there were moments against Florida where we were like we were just miscommunicating. Uh, actually, Claxton gave up a couple buckets that got him put off the court in the first half or in the second half. But uh, overall, we play really good defense. We're a top 10 defense nationally. Uh, and then we play really hard. So we have those two things going for us. And i got to give Fox credit for that because that's part of basketball. We all look at the offense because it's so atrocious, almost night in and night out, that it, it's, it's, it just stares you in the face. But there are a lot of things that we do really well, and I think we've got to give Fox credit for that. And I think both of those were on display last night. Good defense, playing really hard, and we did just enough offensively. It wasn't pretty, but but just enough. But uh, let's, let's let's look at this game a little bit more closely here, Kurt. Uh, we uh, once, as I said, you know, they go on a 12-2 run to start the second half. They take the 42-39 lead with 17-08 left. We're all thinking, here we go again. But we it never got bigger than that. All right, it was 42-39, and it kind of went back and forth a little bit. But the lead never got too far for either team. It stayed pretty tight. Until we take, we took the lead for good when Derek Obede hit a hook shot at the 10:02 mark, and from that point on, we go on a 20 to nine run to end the game. We put it away. So Curtis, clearly, we were able to put this game away. We had a lead, and we were able to hold the lead. So what was different this time around compared well, to the other honestly, games? Honestly, we did put the, the lead away. But I don't know if it was what we did differently. Um, I was reading a statistic and. Around that time when Obed, uh, he hit that shot and we went ahead for that little stretch where we went on that run, yeah. at one point, Florida was 1 of 17, and we were still only up by 7 points. So, I yeah. mean, I think that's the biggest the biggest telltale sign. is it was. I mean, when Florida came back on us um, to start that second half, they were hitting the shots. And when right. they were missing all those shots in the second half on that 1 for 17 stretch, let's be honest, it wasn't that we were playing great defense because we were lo- leaving their shooters and, and – we're giving them really good shots, and they were just missing sure. them. Then other times, we were getting horrible matchups. Um, we'd have a big guy on their best player, and they were not taking advantage of it. So I think more, in my opinion, I think it's more what Florida didn't do compared to what we did do. I think that's fair. Uh, you and I kind of mentioned that last night when we were watching the game in the stadium or in the arena, the Coliseum, whatever it is, because uh, they were getting fairly good looks. Now, not, we, yeah, I mean, they – there weren't. I mean, you may have had a hand in their face late, but it was never. And it wasn't like they were bad shots. Yeah, and, and they were getting a lot of shots from perimeter, which is part of what we do defensively. We we really want to force you to, have to shoot over the top uh, and dare you to make those shots. And some teams make them. Auburn in the second half started making those shots, and they ran us out of the building. But Florida, you're right. We're for that one in seventeen, one for seventeen stretch, and we're not making those shots. So it, that that clearly helped us. And you and I remarked about this during the game. They were missing those shots, and this is before we obviously knew that we were going to win. We were kind of beating our heads against the wall there because, well, they're missing all these shots, but we were doing nothing to capitalize on it. Which- yeah, and, and that's the thing. Yeah, we were now separating ourselves, and that's what killed us. Like 
Yeah, when a team but goes on a one and seventeen, one for seventeen stretch, you got to extend the lead. Come on. Yeah, more than more than seven points. I think that that was what almost killed us because until we finally put it away, you know, two or three minutes left. I think it was when Claxton had the n one dunk or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, I had no confidence that we were going to hold off because, like we said, they were having all those shots, all those open shots or good looks, and we we knew it was just a matter of time before they hit them because in the first half they came out hitting the shots, and when we came back, it was because they were missing their shots, and yeah. that, and then the second half they started. Started off hot again, but then they cooled down. I mean, it, I don't know if it. What hurt them against our team is they don't really have much of an inside game. That they are definitely a jump shooting team. Yeah, well, with Johnny Boone getting hurt, you know, uh, and hasn't he really hasn't played all year. He's their big guy, big muscular dude inside. Uh, he has been out all season. They, they thought they were getting him back for conference play, but they haven't. I think that's definitely hurt them because uh, you're right. They are, they are a perimeter oriented team. They 100 percent are, uh, and they're they're biggest that do anything last night at all. The guys that they do put out there. Um, but for me, there's a, there's a couple of things to look at here. Uh, I, obviously it starts with defense. Okay. We, but that's, that's kind of been the constant for us outside of that Arkansas game where they shot 48% from the field. That was just ridiculous. Uh, but that was the anomaly. We against Florida, we kind of did what we do defensively. We played good defense. You know, we held Florida 36% from the field. Well, just like we held Kansas State to 38% from the field. We held Florida or Auburn to 42% from the field. And that's after they went crazy and, and were lights out in the second half. The first half, they were like in the 20% range. We held South Carolina to 27% from the field. Somehow still lost that game, which is, again, like the ultimate indication of how bad we are offensively. You hold a team at 27% shooting and you still lose. Uh, we held Kentucky to 31% shooting and still lost that game by five on the road. But that's what we do defensively. And that's why you mentioned earlier we never get blown out. Isn't it because of how good a defense we play? Yeah, I, I think that is the biggest thing. I mean, he, even look at Auburn. When they went on that, that what, 30-4 to four run or whatever Insanity, it was? yes. To start the second half. At one point, we were still down by, what, seven or eight points to, and with time to go? I mean, it wasn't Yeah, like, we had a shot. We weren't even blown like, – even losing that game, I wouldn't say we got blown out. Like we got blown out in the second half, but not for the entire game. Yeah, I mean, we still had opportunities to come back. We just didn't take advantage of it and make, get the stops. And make, it's more or less we didn't make the shots when we needed them. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's the thing. Like we didn't get blown out. The one I really felt like we got blown out kind of was the Missouri games in the second half. We were just nowhere near. The it. second half was a disaster. I mean, and we had a lead, a small lead, but a lead in the in the first half going to half, I believe going into half. I know most of the first half we did, but we were playing like crap and we just played like tr- complete trash in the second half. And they played much better. They started hitting shots, and they ended up shooting. For most of that game, they were shooting in a thirty in a thirty yeah, percent range, and, and but the, they ended up through thirty one. From this five and six or five out of six losses in this stretch, the Missouri game is the only one I actually felt like in the second half we were never in. Yeah, it. like we probably should have lost that game. Like it wasn't like oh my god, we just blew that one. I don't think we blew the Missouri game. I, I think we could have, and maybe even you could argue we should have beat Missouri. I think we have a better team. Maybe uh, I don't know. That's a close one there, but you're right. I, I don't. I can't sit here and say oh yeah, we blew that game. I definitely don't see it that way. Uh, another thing I want to point out here is not that's where it all starts. But offensively, while it was not always pretty, and, and many times it was ugly on Tuesday night, but we didn't have the we were not able to extend the lead when we should have when they went through that 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 rough stretch there that that slump for a couple minutes there. We ourselves didn't have any extended offensive droughts. Did you notice that? Um. Like we, there, there were a couple where we were like two and a half, three minutes, but we yeah, didn't have the we were, six, seven we were minutes. In the two to three minute range, a couple times, but it was never more to, to the four to five minute yeah. where we have ten. And when you're looking at this team, I'll take that because I mean we had this tendency to go in six, seven minute droughts. I mean we're not scoring 
anything, not hitting anything from the field, and that didn't happen this game. Where there were, I, I looked up the gate, uh, the the play by play. I think we didn't go more. We we did not even have a four minute. I think like three and a half minutes was the longest drought we had. We had a couple two and a half or so minutes, and I think a couple three minute ones. Uh, but overall, we didn't have those major droughts that just absolutely destroyed like we did against Kansas State late in that second half. And the just one improvement I thought we did make is. It wasn't he didn't do it the whole time, but I thought that Mark Fox did a better job of handling our substitution and the roster management this game. Um, I thought he did better. There's a couple times where it, you know you shake your head a little because we could have done different things if he had just had one player in there one, instead of another. But for the most part, I thought he did a good better job. I mean, especially in the first half, I thought Angels when he put Tyree Crump in there um, and he hits those back-to-back threes and that yep. really opened up the system. I mean, one it, with it, a it, hand in his face. Yeah, and when he when we did that, it pulled the um, their defense had to extend to the perimeter and opened up things for Yante and the down low a little bit. And um, I think I think that's what really got us going. The yeah, Jawan hit a couple. He he hit that one late in the first half. Yeah, um, and, and that whole thing was just predicated on you know the dribble and drive more or less. We're getting in in low and then getting it out to the open shooters. And I get and for once our, our you know it doesn't happen often, but our guys were at least hitting the shots. Absolutely, absolutely. So. I, I think that was big, just you know, not going in these major, extensive offensive droughts. Where we're talking five plus minutes. Uh, I also think a, a big part of this was the the turnover numbers. We had single digit turnovers, man. How many times were we able to say that on the year? I have to say, I that doesn't happen often. I was really worried the way we started that game. Oh we yeah. To pick off the very first on the very first possession and go for the layup. I was oh, like, no oh, doubt. Gosh. No doubt. I said, oh, okay, there you go again. But it it especially in the second half, we did a really good job protecting the ball. Again, it wasn't always pretty. There were times where it looked like we were about to turn the ball over, but it didn't actually end up happening. Thank God. But we actually only had eight turnovers on the game. Now, if you look at where we've been coming from uh, through this this uh, losing streak of five of si- five of the last six. Uh, we had 19 turnovers against Auburn. Yeah, they shot lights out, but we also made it very easy for them. We had 17 turnovers against Arkansas at home. We had 14 at home against South Carolina. We had 15 on the road at Missouri. That's what this team is. That's been one of the major bugaboos for this team. Not only are we do we have, do we struggle to shoot the ball, we struggle to protect the ball. We turn it over way too much. Some of it's live ball turnovers. Some of it's just stupid stuff like charges. Have no idea what you want to do when you're taking the ball to the rim. <clears throat> Jordan Harris. Uh, it just it, it's been too much. But when we play good defense and you don't turn the ball over ten plus times, you only have eight turnovers. You're gonna put yourself in a really good position to potentially win this game and get a, a good solid resume win. So I think that was huge. What about the guard play? Did you see any improvement there on on Tuesday night? Um, actually, honestly, no. For the most part, I mean, there were quite a few times a game where you're, you're scratching your head at what Turtle was doing. Um, the only thing, I mean, he was knocking down some shots, which you know helped. But overall, the dribble and you know creating penetration and things like that that still was not there. Okay, I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be relative with our guard play all season long because our guard well, play I mean, is not no, gonna I'm be not, good. I mean, I'm not trying to be rough, but I mean, no, I understand time, what you're saying. I I, I don't disagree with I mean, you. There was a couple times where you know we you and I were talking about. It, I mean. There's five seconds left, and he's still waiting for someone to come get a the screen. same old, the same, the same old, same old, right? We're we're yeah, we're mean, running all this clock, but we're not actually running offense while we're running the clock, which makes no sense. Goes to hand me. in hand with why we didn't separate ourselves in the second half when they went on that, that cold stretch, just because 
our offense, we, oh, we were kind of getting a stagnant. But what I mean, offensively, it really wasn't the guards that shot. I mean, they were making the shots, which helped. But the people that were really getting after it were our big guys and Yante and uh, T- uh, Nicholas Claxton. Those were the two ones that were actually creating more for us. Claxton was big, man. Claxton was big. He played more than Obede did last night. I know Obede started. He played, only, I think, only 16 minutes. Claxton played. He played some big minutes, especially in crunch time late. Kind of what we saw against Arkansas. Uh, or the last uh, weekday home game. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the guard play, it was not, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It was not fantastic. It's not going to be fantastic at any point this year because we just don't have those type of players right now. At least they haven't shown that consistently. But compared to where we were coming from the past couple games where it's been abysmal, I thought our guards played fairly well. I'll say this, there was balanced scoring offensively for with our guards it wasn't yeah, just Yante because turtle turtle dropped 16 and hey, I, you know we've been hard on turtle and I, I think deservedly so on his part but I, I want to stop and give the guy some props here right now because two of the last three games he had 15 points uh and then 16 points last night so you know it, it wasn't it hasn't been a beautiful sight for him but against Arkansas he knocked down five three-pointers had 15 points had 16 points last night now he's got a bunch of uh a uh, very subpar game sprinkled in there as well, because uh, you know over the first seven games of the conference slate, Turtle Jackson was averaging five points a game. That's ridiculous from your starting point guard, who's your lead guard. But over the last three games, he is averaging almost twelve points a game, eleven point six. So again, eleven point six. That's not stellar. That's not something like to, really, to get super hyped about. But uh, coming from where Turtle was at five points a game over the first at seven conference games to now over the last three pushing twelve points a game. That's progress, okay? That's progress. I'll say that. And then you got Jawan Parker. Uh, he dropped 12 last night. And over his last four games, he's really come on. He's in a lot more playing time. His number, his minutes have gone up. He's averaging 12.7 points a game over the last four. So maybe, I mean, are we is are you ready to say that maybe we're starting to see Turtle and Parker turn the corner and potentially be a compliment to Yante? Not yet, because early in SEC play against like Ole Miss, you had Parker go out there for 20-plus points, and he played well for a couple games, and he went ice cold for a couple games. Yeah. So I want to see it, you know, it's this what you said, two out of the last three from both of them for the most part. Yeah. I want to see it continue for more than a week. I, yeah, I, I think Turtles, I mean, the 15 points, so he had 15 points against Arkansas, four points against Kansas State, which has kind of been the norm for him uh, over the past month and a half. But then 16 points again last night. So he averaged it all out. It's 11.6 points there last three for him. Uh, I, two games, I don't know if it's quite it's called a trend yet. It's like it's promising, but you're right. Let's give it a couple more games. And if he's still scoring double-digit points for the next couple games here, then maybe we can say Turtles turn that corner and maybe give me that compliment to uh, to Yante. Parker's done it for four games in a row now. 12.7 points over his last four. He's scoring double-digit, I think, each of those four games. Uh but that's kind of what Juwan Parker is. He's not going to be much more than that. If, if if the guy plays 25 to 30 minutes a night, he'll get you between 9 to 13 points. Does that sound about right? Yeah, for him, yeah. Yeah, that's about right. You can't really – and if he does much more than that, then that's just gravy, and that's that's going to be an anomaly. That's, that's the aberration. But he's, he's about a 9 to 13 point a night guy, and if he can be that guy and Turtle starts to turn the corner a little bit and can score in double digits consistently, maybe we have a chance to – to make a little bit of noise trying to get into the tournament. I'm not ready to say we're going to do that yet. Definitely not ready to say that. But maybe if we if, if this continues. But it's got to continue, there's no doubt. Then you had you mentioned Tyree Crump dropping 6 points in 13 minutes uh playing the point guard position and then, you know, he drops 6 points real quick and then what happens? We take him out, right? That's kind of 
par for the course there. Uh, Harris drops seven. So if you look at those four, and then Parker is sometimes plays the three. He's kind of a he goes back and forth, plays the two, plays the three. He's got a little bit of versatility there. But those four guys, Turtle, Parker, Harris, and Crump, combined for forty-one points last night. Not stellar. There, there are plenty of backcourts in the country where you have two guys that that average more than that. But for us, that's progress because if you look at the a couple games prior to that in. Against Kansas State, those four players combined for 18 points. Against Auburn, those four players combined for 26 points. Against South Carolina, those four guys combined for 23 points. So for them to combine for 41, while not fantastic or anything, still it's progress. So I think that's that, that was definitely one of the reasons why we were able to kind of to, to hold this lead late in the game and to not completely blow it like we have made a habit of recently. Uh, I want to before we move anything else here. I, I want to talk about Nicholas Claxton for a second. We talked about him a few minutes ago, but I, I think this guy has a, has a high ceiling for us. What are you seeing from Nicholas Claxton right now? Um, he's a high energy guy. That's the one thing. I, and just you re- see how long he is. The guy is insanely long, and he 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 affects shots. He gets rebounds. That's like that length. And Mark Fox loves like that's what that's the reason that Torian Woolward still plays is because the length he brings to the table defensively. That's the only. I mean, uh, if that's, I can't think of any other reason why he, why he would play. But Fox traditionally, you hear him talk about this in press conferences from time to time. He he likes guys with length because Fox is at heart he's a defensive guy. He wants to slow the pace, wants to play really good defense, and win with just enough offense. And Will Ridge gives you that. Uh, so when you have a guy like Claxton that can a- actually score the basketball a little bit, and he's got the length on the defensive end, and he can rebound with that length, that that's something that's going to be very valuable for us. I, I feel like every time the guy's on the court, he's making a positive impact. Do you, do you feel that way when you see him on the court? Offensively, yes. You know, he still gets lost a little defense. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of those plays in the first, in the early in the second half where he got ripped out because of that. But yeah, that's a, I mean, he, when it comes to on-ball defense, he's pretty – He's he, you know, he does pretty well for the most part. And when he's, when he's at the rim, the guy he, – with his length, he can defend the rim. Yeah. Which, I mean, Obede does a solid job with that. You know, for as big as Obede is, and he's pretty long himself – He's not a, a a really great shot blocker. Have you noticed that? Um, yeah, I just noticed how like he's how not a, he's not a true. I don't think he's a true rim protector. I think Claxton is much more of the traditional rim protector than Obede is. Obede, in my opinion, just struggles with anything when it comes to the ball. His hand, he has terrible hands. Hand eye coordination for Obede. Yeah. And just just coordination in general. Like he's a he's an athletic guy, but I think sometimes there's a difference between being athletic and being coordinated like think about like football I'm making the parallel here like remember years ago Richard Samuel yeah like insanely athletic and really really fast but the dude was just not really coordinated like it, it was just weird to see it because you think athleticism coordination they go hand in hand and sometimes they do but not all the time Richard Samuel always struck me that way where you know yeah he was really fast in a straight line but coordination and just Moving consistent, it's just weird. But and Obedi kind of reminds me of of a guy like that. But he's still a good player. I just think I think Claxton clearly has the higher ceiling between him and Obedi. Are you with me there? Oh no question. Yeah. He's already a better scorer. He's already a better scorer. He's better. He's got better touch around the rim. He, he now he's not a, a necessarily a consistent jump shooter, but he's got he's got range. He's got three point range. He can knock those shots down. I don't always love it when he shoots us, but if he's wide open at the top of the key or something, I have no problem with him taking that shot because he can knock those down. Now if he's when it's when he starts throwing up contested threes, I have an issue with it. He's not at that level yet. Maybe he will in a couple years. I just don't think he is right now. But I think the future is really high for him. Ideally, how many minutes a game would would you want to see him on the court? Um, 
12 to 15 minute range. I would like to see him in the 20 minute range. Honestly, I, I really would. I think he brings more to the table than a guy like Obey does, and definitely more than Mike Edwards well, brings to the table. Oh yeah, I mean I agree. It just I like to see more consistency with the defensive scheme overall before you commit to him going. That's there. fair. I mean I, I can't disagree with that. But I think part of that comes with seeing more time on the court. But you're right. If he's a liability in that regard, you can't have him on the court. I get that. Yeah, I think he just drove. I think it's communication and everything. That's that's one thing that always sure. affects freshmen in general. Yeah, and that's you know we've given Fox a hard time about how he's been so quick to yank freshmen and has a really uh, short leash with those guys. And that's and that's one of the reasons why is those guys just sometimes aren't there defensively. And we and you and I were, were talking about this with Tyree Crump yesterday. You know, and he knocks those shots down. Those those. Uh, three pointers there in the first half, but we were watching when he got some time in the second half. I get like I get frustrated sometimes with Fox not playing him more because he does do something that really no other guys, none of our other guards really do consistently is knock down shots. Like he's I think clearly our best shooter from 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 range. But if you watch him on the defensive side of the ball, he he's not a great defender. He's not a great on ball defender. He he the effort is there. All right, it's there. He's the kid is playing hard. He's trying, and Fox was gushing about him after the game, which was really cool to see and cool to hear. But uh, he he plays really hard, but his on ball defense is just not there yet. Uh, he goes under screens a lot, which maybe he's being coached. That I don't know. He gets yeah, lost I mean, sometimes. I almost even our starter goes under screens. Yeah, we go. I, yeah, we go under screens way too much against guys that can that, are, that can knock down threes. That's something. And, it's hard for me to criticize our defense too much because we do play. I mean, we're a top ten defense nationally from uh, from a field goal percentage standpoint, but we do go under screens way too much and give guys too much room and just hope they don't knock them down. And again, I think that's part of our scheme is where we want to keep everything in front of us and force you to hit over the top. We don't want to go uh, over the screen and let and give you a chance to drive through the rim and get that easy bucket there. I, I get the the philosophy behind that, but sometimes it's frustrating when teams are just knocking down three up through three like Auburn did. A couple of weeks ago, but uh, but Crump's got some improvement to do defensively. I think once he does that, though, I, I really think he could potentially contend for that starting point point guard job at some point, maybe next year. I, I mean, I know Trill will be a senior, but if Trill doesn't bring, if he doesn't Im- improve his game offensively and become a more consistent scorer, if if Crump can fix his defensive issues, which I think he can. I mean, he's got the athleticism to do it. Uh, I think he could definitely at least steal some minutes from Turtle. Maybe not take the job, but definitely cut into Turtle's minutes or Turtle's playing like, you know, 32, 33 minutes a night. Sometimes Crump doesn't play at all. Uh, but all in all, obviously a great effort. I, we're going to do this every for after every game, Kurt. We did this with the last show. Did it for did it a couple weeks ago. But from here on, we're going to do it every game with our confidence, or I guess our confidence picks here for the our, S, our NCAA tournament chances. So right now, for two weeks in a row, you've had it at 0%. After last night, are you raising that percentage at all? Are you sticking at zero? I mean, I'll go maybe 10%. I mean, it, I think it takes more than one game. Clearly, this one game is not going to put us in. There ain't no doubt about that. But look at, if you look at our resume. All right, now I'm looking. I'm using ESPN's RPI numbers. I know there's various RPI. CBS, NCAA has them. Real time RPI. There's all sorts of numbers. But if you look at our RPI, we've got five wins against the RPI top 50. We got a win against St. Mary's, uh, a neutral site. We got a win at Marquette. We beat Temple, Alabama, who definitely looks like they're and they're the, they're the 
the best one we have. They had a, a number 24 RPI, and now Florida with a top 40 RPI at 38. That's five top 50 wins in the RPI. So we're five and four against the RPI top 50. If you throw in the RPI top 100, we are seven and six against the RPI top 100. Those are pretty solid numbers. Now, if if we would have beaten, if we would gotten that Auburn game, got a top five RPI win, I I would say we would be in the tournament right now. I really, I really believe it. We'd be right there on the cut line, like right on the edge. But fact is, we didn't get that win. But we have, it's kind of what I was saying last week, we have opportunities. We have another game against Florida. We have a home game against Auburn Saturday, February 10th. Uh, so we're going to have opportunities. We have Tennessee at home, Tennessee on the road. Now, are we going to win all those games? No. No. That's, that's not going to happen. But if we can get one more of those, if we can get maybe – Auburn at home, get a top 5, top 10 RPI win. Get Tennessee as a top 20 RPI team. If we can get one of those, and if we get two of those, I feel pretty good as long as we hold serve. I just, it's not holding serve. As long as we don't screw up at Mississippi State, at Vanderbilt, which are our next two games. we got two road games here, two winnable road games. But, Kurt, do you have confidence in us coming out 2-0 and on the road at Mississippi State Saturday and then at Vanderbilt? Um, Not right now. Those are the games we have to win, right? The road, the road games are what's killed us lately. Absolutely, so, and it, going on the road in basketball is tough. But uh, like if you had to put your, I mean, did you, see the, did you watch Vanderbilt Kentucky doll last night? Yeah, I mean Vanderbilt had that game. They they blew that game late. Kentucky comes back and wins in overtime by a bucket. Uh, but Vanderbilt absolutely they were controlling that game for almost the entire second half, most of the game really. So yeah, they only have eight wins, but they definitely are playing better. They beat TCU at home last weekend. Mississippi State's playing really well right now. Uh, not a super strong resume, but they're 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 winning games. They're playing tough. The, the league's just better. So, but those are the two games we we got to. I, I really feel like we have to win both of these games because when you look at we've got Auburn at Florida, Tennessee at South Carolina at Tennessee. I think those because we're not going to win most of them. If we get one or two of those wins, that's fine. It's the at Mississippi State at Vanderbilt, LSU at home, Texas A&M at home. We have to win those four games. I really I think if we win those four games and then get one, maybe two of the Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, Tennessee at South Carolina stretch, I think that we can legitimately have a chance. So right now, I'm gonna. It's not a great chance. I'm gonna say 25 percent just because we have opportunities and we play. Like we said, we play defense every night. It gives us a chance. Offense is a. We never know. I mean, let's just at this point, I just kind of assume we're gonna play terrible offensively, and if we don't, then it's a it's a nice, pleasant surprise. But not a great chance in the tournament. But I think we're at least. Somewhere on the periphery there of the conversation, I give us about a 25% chance at this point. Let's see what we can do against Mississippi State Saturday night. Uh, I know all you guys will be tuning in. Uh, but that does it for the show here today, guys. Definitely tune in on Friday. We're going to have uh, the latest edition of our Football Friday, and we will be focusing on the recruiting front with National Signing Day Part 2, February version, coming up on Wednesday. Curtis and I will be looking at the remaining targets on our board. We've only got about five spots left. and There are decisions that are going to have to be made, and Curtis and I are going to be trying to do our best to kind of channel our inner Kirby Smart and make some of those decisions with the major prospects left on our board. So definitely make sure to check that out. Uh, but for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, go dogs. <laughs>